Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Oh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, it's Monday, March 14th. Oh, the day after, after time change. Whew. I don't know if I'm ready for this one today, guys, but uh, we'll see what we can do. Um, yeah, hey, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and it is, uh, what is this, episode 15? Our 15th podcast here on That's How I Roll. Um, that's a milestone, I guess. That's pretty awesome. Um, anyway, uh, whew, anybody else out there tired? What is up with time change anyway? I feel like, you know, it's like a country to country thing, I guess. Like I've heard, and I don't know how exactly true this is, but I guess it was during the Olympics uh, in Beijing that the entire country of China is one time zone. They don't change, like, as you go east to west or vice versa, it doesn't change. So there's this huge landmass that's all in the same time. Um, man, I think I'd be in favor of that because, holy moly, the time change every year just gets me. So getting out of the door, at the door this morning and on our way to school... Uh, definitely, definitely a little bit of a challenge for sure. So anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop whining about being tired today. Uh, you know, on top of everything, uh, my wife was sick over the weekend. So, um, you know, our house (laughs) was just... Oh, having a great time. I did not play any games over the weekend. But as I said last time, um, we went through our own little time warp with this show just because I was trying to get the name switched over and still waiting on some artwork things to happen. But that's another story for another day. But I did say that in between the last two episodes, I did have a chance to play some games and I would tell you about those. So I thought I'd just do a little quick recap this morning on that, and then maybe bring up a a topic or two for us to discuss. Um, I played three games of note. Well, four, I guess, of note. One is Dead Drop, and if you've listened to the Theology of Games podcast... You've heard me rave and rave and rave about that game. It made my top 10 of 2015 last year. Really awesome, deductive, mini game, micro game kind of thing. 13 cards in the whole set. And I introduced it to some friends who hadn't played it yet. We were hanging out and having dinner with them. And um, just super fun. And it's a game designed by Jason Katarski who is the one and only guest at this point on the show. He, uh, he designed that and then published it through Crash Games. And uh, so you check that out, Dead Drop. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I, think you'll, I think you'll like it. 
the other ones I wanted to talk about a little bit here are the Yarl, pronounced Yarl, not Jarl. But uh, Yarl is the sequel to The Duke. And The Duke was my game of the year in, I think it was 2014. I can't remember dates and times. It's too early for that. <laughs> but uh, The Duke was uh, Catalyst Game Labs released. Um, it was co-designed. I know Jeremy Holcomb was one of the designers, and I can't remember the other guy, so other guy, I'm sorry about that. But it's a two-player game where you start off with three tiles on a, on a, a board that's a grid board, and on your turn you can do two things. You can move one of your tiles, or you can flip or move and then flip one of your tiles, or you can draw a new tile and bring it into play, and they all... Uh, represent these different characters that move in different ways. They all have their movement grids on the tile themselves. It's a very cool, super easy to learn strategy game, but very hard to master. It's a lot of fun. I really, really like it. The Jarl is um, surprisingly... I, I was a little skeptical of it. I was excited for it because I thought, hey, that'll be awesome. And I'd really like to uh, check it out, but I was a little skeptical because I thought maybe they're just kind of going to reskin this thing and retheme it. And in a sense, they did, but the tiles are all completely different. There's uh, none that are super similar. There's no slide movement in the Jarl as there is in the Duke. And there's a few other differences, but really, really cool set of tiles. And the awesome thing is, is you can play Duke versus Jarl. So you could, if you had both base games, you could play one player be, being the Jarl, one player being the Duke. And uh, that's just a really, really cool option. I also played Five Tribes, which I believe is Days of Wonder. Uh, somebody's going to correct me on that. I didn't, I didn't take a note when I, uh, I don't know. Anyway, you... Uh, Days of Wonder, or uh, Days of Wonder has been around a while. Also, Five Tribes has been around a little while. And I play the second edition, which doesn't have slaves. Um, you, The cards are called a fakir, or I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Definitely sounds like you're ready to say a, a swear word when you're trying to pronounce that card. Uh, but really fun game sort of uh, tile claiming uh, moving pieces around using different things using different abilities of the meeples that you collect off the board and the, the tile place or the tile abilities as you land on them I had a really good time with it I lost uh, definitely you have to diversify how you how you score with the game because you can't just use one strategy and expect to win because there's a lot of different ways to score points but really fun game very very sort of analysis paralysis uh, heavy even for players who aren't naturally paralyzed like that it, it was very much a oh I gotta sit down and figure out my turn, but 
I can't really do that too far in advance because it could totally change by the time my turn comes back around. So I liked that about it, but definitely a slower, thinky kind of game in that regard. And then the other one we played was Steamworks from uh, Tasty Menstrual Games. I wasn't sure what I was going to think of this game going into it, and I'll be honest, I didn't. we didn't really get a full play of it because time was short, I was playing in the afternoon, I had to go get my boys from school, and so we threw it on the table real quick and we kind of buzzed through the rule book. But I got a turn into it, or maybe two turns into it, and I go, oh, you know what, I'm going to love this game. It's very much about engine building, it's about putting pieces, parts together, and really planning out how you're going to create ways to gain resources, which are basically, in this game, um, you're, you're building machines and components to gain power sources to then build more resources or build more components and that's how you get all your resources and how you get victory points and uh, there's this cool conveyor belt thing where all these pieces come out and move off the table so it's always kind of refreshing really really cool concept and I really can't wait to play this one again I think it's going to be a really good solid game and kind of a sleeper. Again, you know, uh, Gold West from from Tasty Menstrual Games became my game of the year last year, and not a lot of people are talking about it, but it's a great, great game. I really, really enjoyed it. And again, this one just kind of snuck out into the market from Tasty Menstrual. They've had a lot of big splash games like Aquasphere and Luna and Orleans or Orleans, as you might say. Uh, so they, they've really made these kind of big splash with these other titles. But man, there's some other really solid titles coming from Tasty Minstrel Games. So uh, check, out, check out Steamworks. We'll be playing it again really soon, a couple times here. And the review will be coming soon as well over on Theology of Games, and I'll probably do a a more thorough drive-by review here as well as soon as I kind of get get, uh, more acquainted with the game and can really describe it to you. So I just kind of wanted to give a rough overview of those. I didn't really do a full drive-by of any one game, but that was kind of a recap of my gameplay over the last week or so. And I think uh, I had a topic I wanted to start, but I've got a really lengthy uh, feedback loop today. So I thought I would I would go ahead with that and get things started. It's time for the feedback loop. Get in on the conversation by tweeting the show at Theology of Games or emailing theologyofgames at gmail.com. So, Alan wrote me through SoundCloud, which is another way you can kind of reach me if you if you go to soundcloud.com and look up That's How I Roll. You can listen to everything online there. They've got an app you can listen to the podcast through. So even if you don't use iTunes for your podcasting or don't have another app that you like, 
you can listen through SoundCloud and it, it allows you to comment on all the, the podcast, the episodes and everything as well. And Island wrote there and said, he, in response to my question about sharing our faith and if you tune into Theology of Games because of our faith-based view or our board game expertise and that sort of thing, which, by the way, that Twitter poll remained pretty split down the middle. Uh, so, folks, I guess you you like the theology side of it and the game side of it, which to me is great because I really feel, like I said, I feel like we can inject quality opinions into the culture, about the culture, and also a quality point of view from our, our viewpoint where where we're a faith-based blog, but they both sort of stand on their own, I hope. And that's kind of, I think that's where we are in terms of our goals for, for the blog. But he, Alan said that he feels we do a good job of stating when something we're about to say is informed by our faith. So therefore, the readers, viewers, listeners, etc., can choose whether to embrace what is about to be said about something or to sort of write it off as, okay, I don't necessarily share that viewpoint, so that's not really going to affect my opinion of the game or the content or whatever's being discussed. Um, So I really appreciated that because we try to be cognizant of that and not just assume that everybody shares the point of view that we do, and we hope that... Um, there can be just a mutual understanding between all of us that, hey, we just there's some things that are going to give us pause, there's some things that are going to affect our opinion on something, and you might not share that, but we just kind of want to explain why, why that is and what that means to us. <clears throat> um, I got a nice, a nice big email back from Amy at Level 3B, and... <laughs> little clarification, and I fixed uh, most of the show notes everywhere. It's just level 3B. It's not level 3B studios. I don't know why I added the studios. It just seemed like the thing to do. But level 3B in the game canopy, they appreciated my drive-by review of it. And they came up with some clarifications. And to, to their credit, they were considering the value of a $149 gaming bag without a strap and uh, felt that my opinions and and what I said really kind of helped them solidify and come together as a team as, yeah, we need to do something about this. It turns out that they are working with their manufacturer to decide on which strap to offer, which one would be the best to go with for the game canopy and she also just a couple other points to point out uh they are working with a company called Feldtex, i believe is how it's pronounced and they because of because of the price point issue that i brought up um they've they wanted to, to let me know and so i'm in turn letting everybody else know uh, Feltex is a U.S.-based manufacturer. They they do premium custom bags for medical applications, for military applications. They actually provided the bags 
that were designed by Ralph Lauren for our Olympic team and the Sochi Olympics. Uh, so when, when you're talking about a bag that's priced at $149, this is definitely a custom boutique type item. And what they have done is they've decided that for the Kickstarter, the early bird will be $79. So you'll get the bag without the strap for $79 because that is just about dead on like wholesale price. And they want to be able to just get it out to as many gamers as they can. After the first 150 pledges, it'll move to $89. And then once it goes retail, you'll be able to pick it up at your favorite friendly local gaming store for $149 with the strap. So really appreciate them giving me some clarifications on all of that, those points. Um, they're also, they're gonna be doing some giveaways. So if you check them out on Twitter, I think it's just at level3b. I'll tweet that out today and I'll put it in the show notes again, but you can follow them so you can get all that information uh, about possibly winning one of these really sweet bags for free. And with that, uh, hey guys, I'm home. So really appreciate all the feedback from everybody. Please keep that coming. It helps out so much. Topics, topics, topics is what I'm, I'm asking for now. Hit me up with some crazy stuff that you guys want to talk about. Or if there's a topic that I talked about before that you'd really like me to go back and touch on, by all means, do that. And, and let's keep that conversation going. Hey, thank you so much for joining along. This has been episode 15, a time change special. I'm going to try to wake up and uh, (laughs) go edit this thing. But I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate the feedback and all of you for listening. Thanks so much. I'm Jeremiah Isley. And guys, that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe. Tune in next time when Jeremiah will say, Oh, why did I quit caffeine? <laughs>